I'm Lisa Popchak, and you're listening to Momfidence, for moms at every age and every stage. Being a mom is wondrous and delightful, but also at times exhausting and overwhelming and confusing and frustrating. Momfidence is a place for moms to come for encouragement, comfort, some new tools, and the confidence boost you need to be the mom you want to be. Hello, my friends. How are you holding up? You know, I know that if I asked you that same question five minutes from now or an hour from now or tomorrow, you'd likely give me a completely different answer. It would probably change again several times every day. And you know what? I think we're beginning to realize that that's normal right now, aren't we? Even if you have a schedule for your day, your emotions are likely to be chaotic at times. We're all going through so much uncertainty right now. Everything changes day by day. At this moment, as I sit here, some states have begun to open up again. Others are saying definitely not. Places around the world are all at different stages of all of this. And the one thing that seems to be certain is that in a lot of places, in the majority of the places, schools are not opening again for the academic year, even if parents are being called back to work. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. It's a lot of uncertainty. It's a lot to deal with. And we as moms are really on the front lines of having to be concerned about all of it and plan for our families, and deal with everything that's going on. And that can really affect our emotions and the emotions of our family members, especially our kids. You know, everyone says, and it's very true, that children are the barometers of the unspoken moods that are in the house. So when we get concerned or confused or fretful, it, it gets ramped up so much more with our children and the feedback that they're giving us in their behavior, in their tones. And that's a lot for we moms to bear, a lot for us to take on and to manage. And so I really wanted to come today to talk with you about some things that will help you help your children be more resilient and help you be more resilient and better able to cope in the here and now um, that you can put into place in your life now as we go through the day after day after day of what's going on. If you're a longtime follower of this podcast or you've read any of the books that my husband and I write or you listen to our daily radio show, More to Life, that airs 10 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 130 or on EWTN radio or your favorite Catholic radio app, you will be familiar with the concept of family rituals. Family rituals are actions that families commit to doing together every day to help strengthen family relationships and our own well-being. They cover four categories, working, talking, playing, and praying together. And when we think about it, these four categories cover most of family life. But 
when we make them rituals, it's that we commit to these things to make some short amount of time for each one of those categories every single day. And now more than ever, I can say that honestly, now more than ever, it's really important for families to be able to have that connection and count on it because we know that the news is causing our daily lives to change moment by moment and that we've never lived this way and no one ever has. And so as everyone's saying, there's no rule book for this. But I think as moms, we all want to make sure that we're as calm as can be, that we're coping as well as we can, and that we're ministering to the emotional as well as the physical needs of our children, no matter how old those children are. Because every child, whether it's a brand new baby or even our adult children, often look toward mom at a time of concern and want to know what they should do and think we're the seed of all wisdom, right? And we're thinking, I don't know. I don't know how to cope with this. This is all brand new. But what I'm going to share with you now is proven brain science that really can help you and your children be better through this and be resilient in the long run and build up a resiliency that will serve them even after this is just history for all of us. Please God sooner than later. When I talk about these rituals of connection, they're not just something that I've made up or, or pulled out of a hat. They're really all based in brain science and how we humans are wired because we're wired for connection and our children are especially so. They're really wired to be connected to us and to other people because connection helps us to feel safe and affirms who we are. You know, our children have lost so much physical connection right now. Connection to their teachers and their friends and their coaches and their grandparents and so on. All of these people they are normally connected to. And because of that, their sense of identity and safety has been thrown off. And even those who are working very hard, if they're not living with us and they're trying to keep the connection with our kids, it's wonderful. It should continue. But a lot of us as adults don't realize that in some ways, that's actually a bit jarring for our kids as well. So for example, seeing a teacher every day on a video, but not being able to be in proximity to that teacher, not be able to get the high five or watch that teacher walk past our desk to check our work and feel that closeness, whatever that is, it's strange. And it, it's a reminder to our kids that things are off. It can be really heartbreaking and jarring as our children, if they're blessed enough to have grandparents or aunts and uncles or beloved family friends who stop by for that driveway visit, so they pull into the driveway and your little one runs out to greet them and you have to say, no, remember, you can't hug them right now. We have to wait till this is over. And they have to stop. 
and they can't run up and, and hug or high five or be near or sit in the lap of that grandparent or that aunt or that uncle or that really good friend of theirs. And that can really, on the one hand, well, it's beautiful. And they'll have these memories of these people were committed enough to come and visit me, or we were committed enough to go and visit them. It's, it's leaving a mark and an impression on our children's brains that are wired for physical connection. And it's reminding them that something's not okay right now. It's sort of like a warning light going off every time we attempt to do that. Now, we should still keep up the pattern because we can help our children through talking with them, through processing with them, to begin to understand that it's okay. You know, grandma and grandpa are showing you that they love you by coming by, or we're showing them that we love them by, by driving by their house and dropping things off and saying hi through a window. We can help them process it, even through talk rituals every day. But we do, as parents, have to have the, the ability to understand that this can be jarring for them. And in fact, doing, um, how should I put this so it works? Doing schoolwork that's assigned by your children's school that you're doing at home now for the next few weeks as the school year plays itself out, a lot of moms are kind of losing their minds about their kids' behavior. They're getting in contact with me saying, you know, what do I do? It's taking all day. My kid's so frustrated. We have to understand that even doing their schoolwork in this new way gives your child every day a little bit of a grief reaction. They get up in the morning, they think, okay, you know, I'm okay today. Everything seems okay in my house. And then they have to do that schoolwork or see their teacher online. And they're reminded that things are not okay, that they're not seeing their friends, that they're not in a place of normalcy where their identity was for them. And that's ramping up the heightened emotions and making getting through the school part of the day even harder because we're built for physical connection and children are especially built for that, as I was saying. They need to have that in order to feel safe, in order to know who they really are. And so right now, as we go through our days, and I understand You've got a million things to do. You're exhausted. You're worried. You feel depleted. And all most of us want to do is either ramp up everything we're doing and get a million things done because it makes us feel effective or swing in the opposite direction and just sit on the couch and sleep or watch TV all day. And most of us have gotten into some kind of a daily path where we're doing something more than either of those and trying to get that, that balance. But how we get that balance and develop that resilience and feel good at the end of the day and feel even better when this is all over is by putting these four categories of rituals into place. So working, talking, playing, and praying together. Making time for a little bit of that together every day. But for right now, and I'll go over the other three categories before we say goodbye today, but for right now, I want to share with you the importance of one of the rituals that a lot of us don't fit in with our kids 
in a normal day, every day. It's happening a little bit more during the last month because we're, if we're blessed enough to be home with them, a lot of us are making more time for this. But that is the ritual of daily playing with our kids. You know, before COVID-19, a lot of us had our children's play rituals or play needs met by signing them up for a bunch of activities. And we drove them there and somebody coached them and somebody came alongside of them as a teammate or somebody else was you know, with them as a cast member of a play or whatever those activities were. Our children's need for play was often met outside of us. We facilitated it, but it's hard to make time for that with our children, especially on a daily basis. But here's the thing. The need for playing with our children has now been shown by brain research to be something that allows us to move from a place of reactive emotion to actually experiencing our feelings. So let me illustrate that a little bit. So when we are alarmed or we are actively involved in something that requires all of our effort, so let's say running a marathon even, right? It's a good thing. We've trained for that marathon. We have a goal. It's a positive experience. We run that marathon and we might have the emotion of excitement or commitment, but our feelings, our bodily feelings of hunger, tiredness, even thirst, are often shut off by our brain until that marathon is over. That's part of the reason that if you run a marathon, they have water stations along the way and people who are cheering you on are are handing out water because we forget that we really need that. At least our brains do. And that's true of any circumstance that requires our brains to fully engage. But brain science has shown us that when we play, especially in a non-competitive way, it allows us to get in touch with our actual feelings. So it allows perhaps the tears to come, good tears, cleansing tears that allow us to say, I'm experiencing something hard or I'm going through a bit of grief over all of this. And then we can share, you know, our kids can share with mom and dad or we can share with a trusted friend or our spouse. It allows us to get in touch with joy where we might be feeling so oppressed by everything that's going on right now that we're almost afraid to experience joy. But play allows us to take that deep breath and begin to have joy. So it allows our brain to realize that we can be whole, that we can rise above what's going on, that we can be in touch with feelings that help us to survive and even thrive. And so taking time for the ritual of play, in fact, if you don't have a lot of time for other rituals right now, I'd say the two most important are play and prayer. 
But play is going to be very important for building the elasticity and the resilience of your children's brains and helping you be a more resilient mom and a mom who can stop white-knuckling it for a little while and really experience the joy of being a mom. So what does this play look like? Play during this time should really be anything that allows you to connect with each other and be a little bit creative. So you don't want all your play rituals to be, okay, we're taking time to relax together, we're going to play an online game, or we're going to watch a movie, because that's just taking more in. The kind of play that's going to help build resilience is the play that allows us to be a little bit more creative. So that can be as simple as sitting and playing with blocks, even if your kids are in their teens and you've got the blocks from when they were kids laying around. I know in our house we have my children's old wooden blocks around so that when our friends who have younger children come over, I can take them out and they can play with them. And I'm hoping one day, you know, grandchildren will play with them because they're really nice quality blocks. It can be getting out paints and painting together. It can be baking together or cooking any kind of food together as long as we're doing it in a way that says, hey, you know, let's make something together. Not just let's get this meal on the table, but let's make something together that gives us comfort or is new. It can be building a treehouse together. It can be anything that brings us together and allows us to create something together or experience some peace. Putting a puzzle is together is a huge thing right now. So just taking some time every day, even if it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, to say, no matter what else is going on, we're going to take some time to play together. And uh, one woman I talked to recently said, Play until it at least begins to feel a little bit more comfortable. Till some of the giggles come or the deep breath comes. So if you're playing an actual game together, it might take, you know, three or four hands of Uno before you begin to actually talk together more naturally or tell jokes together. Because you have to play long enough to get through that wall that our 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 minds are putting up to sort of protect us right now or that as i said the white knuckling that we often do during a rougher day so making time to play together not only makes wonderful long-term memories and i know that i'm hoping that when my kids look back at this years from now and are telling stories around the Thanksgiving table about this time as all of our kids will that they remember the games that they played and the safety they felt and some of the good instead of the fighting that goes on because you know maybe they had to do my kids have always been homeschooled which is very different than what a lot of parents are having to do right now. So not the fighting that went on about trying to get the schoolwork that the school system gave us done or the arguing about getting the housework done or any of those things that can cause tension. I, I hope they remember the things that made them feel, 
you know, as I was saying at the beginning, connected and close and that that's what they remember first and foremost about this time. Although I'm sure there'll be lots of difficult memories as well, because this is a difficult time. And depending on what your family situation is, it's more difficult for some than for others. But if you're blessed enough to be home with your kids, at least for a portion of the day that they're awake, this is a ritual to really bring into your family because it literally changes the brain chemistry of your children and of you for the better. It can be seen on CT scans where they can see that the stress levels go down and the more creative parts of your brain that show resilience light up and are built better. So we really do have a great deal of information that being able to have rituals with your family is an important part of staying emotionally healthy. And that means also physically healthy because our emotions so affect our physical health. That if you want your children to be more physically and mentally healthy throughout this and after this, building in a daily play ritual is a really, really positive thing to do. And even if that's hard, and a lot of days it's going to be really hard, saying, you know what, no matter how we feel today, no matter what's gone on in our family, even if we're not feeling like we like each other very much, we've committed to play together, to playing together 20 minutes a day. So everybody, you know, let's go outside and shoot hoops. Let's take that walk. Let's bake some bread. Let's sit and paint together. Let's play a game together. Whatever that is, do that together. Because you're also saying, you know what, come thick or thin, I'm still committed to you. And I'm here for you no matter what. And that's a very good message to give to your children. It's a very good message to give to each other. So that covers, I think, one of the most important rituals for right now, which is a play ritual. I think second to that right now is a prayer ritual. That you take time every day to set aside a gathering time where you come together and you spend some time in prayer. And it's very important right now that if you can at all, that that prayer sort of has an organic feel to it. It's important to start, if you can, with writing down everything you're grateful for. Very important, if your family hasn't done it before, to start a gratitude journal. We restarted ours pretty much day one of isolation. And we start our prayer time every day where we just go around the room and we, we tell whoever's got the prayer journal and the pen that night what it is we're grateful for. And it's, it's dated and it's written down. And at the top of the page, it says, we are thankful to God for, so that we're not just throwing out gratitude, but we're remembering that, you know, it's God that has given us our blessings for that day. And we write down anything from... We've had a day where we're all healthy. We had a, you know, a good meal today. The weather was good. We took a walk. Schoolwork went well. Whatever those little things are. We had clean laundry today. Whatever they are, write them down. Because that puts us in a place of receptivity. 
it allows our minds to realize that there are good things going on. So as we write them down and we acknowledge them, we start to breathe a little bit better, maybe a little bit more deeply. And we realize that, that God is showing up for our family and perhaps that we've shown up for each other during the course of that day and that we're showing up now because we've made that commitment to that prayer time. And then going around the room and saying, you know, what do we want to pray for today in particular? You know, are there, are there things that we need help for? Do we need to pray that we can be more loving to each other or more patient? Do we need to pray for a special intention for somebody who's let us know they're having a hard day? Of course, always praying for an end to this pandemic and for help for all those who are suffering and for all of those who are, are serving so well in everything they're doing to serve those who are unhealthy, to serve those who are needing them because they're part of the supply chain that's providing for us because they're first responders, whatever it is that we are praying for those people because those prayers are so important for them. And then if we have a more formal prayer that is part of our tradition, then, then to go ahead and do that. For my particular family, um, the Divine Mercy Chaplet has always been a particular devotion for us as well as, as our family rosary. So we make sure that we fit that in as part of that prayer time. And, and we do that every single evening after dinner. Again, it's another thing that we can count on where we've made a commitment to come together and love each other by praying together. And that is a really important thing for our kids to see, that no matter what's going on, we take time to pray for and with each other and include God in our lives. And mamas, I don't know about the rest of you. I actually do. I think it's, it's, it's a universal thing. We can't do this by ourselves. We need to bring God into it and ask him to deliver us from all of this. Ask him to give us the virtues that we particularly need to get through that day, that moment, that situation that we're going through. So our play ritual and our praying ritual are on the top of the list right now. If we can't do anything else but make those two commitments to do something in those two areas every single day, we've still done a ton. And if you have, if you don't have the strength to get out of bed, but you call all your kids together and you read a book together, cuddled up together, and that's your play ritual, and you take some time to pray together in that moment, then you've done a heroic work. So whether you're, whether you're the mom that is just in charge of everything right now and on top of your game, or you're the mom who's really struggling because it's just too much weight on you right now. A small play ritual and a prayer ritual every day will go so far to bring your family together, to bring healing to you, and to make you and your children more resilient. The other two rituals that are good to have is a talk ritual. That often comes right along with the playing and the praying. Because when we're playing together, we, as I said, get a little bit less tense and we begin to talk as we move around those, those things that, you know, the turns and we're waiting for our turn. Somebody cracks a joke, 
You ask your kids how their friends are doing, how they're doing today, what was the best part of the day, what was the hardest part of the day, as you're having that time to play together, or as you're coming up with your intentions for the for the prayer time, those often come out. So that sharing time that goes a little bit different than or a little bit deeper than, well, how'd you sleep? You know, how how how'd your video class go? It gets to the heart of who we are. It helps us all remember who we are, and it helps us create a safe place to share who we are with each other. So having some time to talk, and that comes naturally as we're taking that walk together, as we're baking together, you just have to remember to allow it in, to be receptive to sharing each other's hearts and stories. And and that allows us to really share together. And the last ritual is the work ritual. And that one can feel a little bit more difficult right now. I'm talking to a lot of moms who think absolutely everything is on them. That everybody's home and making a mess and they're in charge of having to do all the laundry, all the cleaning, all, or they're giving a lot of chore assignments and then getting frustrated if it's not done well. And this is something that you may have heard me talk about before, which is that the work rituals are about doing things together. So the idea of everybody getting together in the kitchen to make dinner and get it on the table. So you're setting the table together, you're chopping vegetables together, you know, one person's putting the drinks on the table while the other one's putting the silverware on the table, but you're together and you're talking and maybe you're playing some really upbeat music and you're spending that time in working to create that meal together. And then after the meal, you're all cleaning up together. It's not, you know, oh, it's Johnny's turn to clean up the kitchen tonight. Everybody else just scatter. It's, hey, let's all bring our our plates to the, you know, the sink. Let's scrape our plates. Let's get them into the dishwasher or one person's washing, the other person's drying, the other person's wiping down the counters. Somebody else is wiping off the kitchen table. Whatever that is that needs to be done to bring the meal to a close in your kitchen and eating space back into right order. The family room needs to be cleaned up because everybody's been hanging out in there all day. Okay, guys, it's time that we're all going to do this together. We're going to pick up the toys together. We're going to dust off the, the tables together. We're going to put the throw pillows back in the right place. Whatever it takes to bring that room back into order. And you can do that several times a day for quick five-minute cleanups. And it's especially important to do at the end of your day so that you're setting the house back in order so that you can start the day fresh the next day without feeling overwhelmed. Laundry, same thing. Great work ritual. Everybody's wearing those clothes. They can come and help you fold it all. And if if you don't have a particular system of folding, this is a great time to look up a YouTube video on how to fold clothes in a standardized way. And you pick the one that you like best and you all sit down as a family and you make the kids watch it and you practice together. You give them each a piece of that kind of clothing and they learn how to fold a shirt 
and they learn how to pair socks and put them together and fold them, and they learn how to fold pants and underwear. It's a great life skill. It'll serve them forever and ever, and it takes some of the weight off of you. And once they've learned how to do that and you've cheered them on and said, you know, you really conquered that, you really do that well, then whenever a load comes out of the dryer, you all get together and you fold it together. And I know I have that ritual with my youngest daughter. Every time the laundry is done, we do that together and we have some of our best conversations because our hands are busy, we're distracted, we're accomplishing something together, so we both feel that sense of relief that comes with accomplishment and we just talk. And sometimes it's just catching up about what's going on with her friends and other times it's a little bit deeper. But it gives us that chance to have that sharing ritual. So again, these are rituals that I've talked about before and that if you listen to our show, I'm sure you've heard a thousand times. But the amazing thing is, is that the brain science that is coming out of dealing with times of stress and trauma is really showing that during this epidemic, they're more important than ever to be able to give us more peace, more of a sense of ourselves, more of a sense of being effective, and to build resilience. And that's what we all need right now, to build those connections with each other that say, I love you, I'm committed to you, this is who you are, you're part of this family, and this is what our family does, and we're here for each other, even in really difficult times, even when the whole world is going through a really difficult time. And that, doing that, doing those four things a little bit every single day will help you really connect with the superwoman you are, moms. And you are, because you're being there for your family, even when you don't feel like it. Whether you're feeling like you've just you've hit your jam. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. You're home with your kids. You're all feeling better. Or this is the worst thing that's happened and you feel like your family's falling apart and everything's on you and you're exhausted or anywhere on that continuum. Because as I started this, I said, your your emotions, your moods are going to be bouncing all over the place until we are safely on the other side of this. And these rituals will help you feel better every single day and more effective and like a better mom because you will be being a really great mom because you're laying down the emotional coping skills that you and your children need during this time and you're really investing in your children's well-being. So a little food for thought and for each family it's going to be different. It's really important not to just tell your kids what you're going to do we're going to do this game or we're going to have this work work ritual. But to say to them, you know, I want to build these in every single day. What game are we in the mood to play today? Or how can we be creative together today? And then do that thing. And if some people are all in, in the majority and somebody else wants to do something else, you make a plan to do both over the next couple of days. So everybody gets those needs and ideas fulfilled. And saying, you know, how are we going to do this together today? How can we, you know, how do we want to pray today? Do we want to do the prayer we've been doing every day? 
Or should we change it up a little bit? So getting everybody's input so you don't have to carry all the weight, Mama. And the buy-in from the kids in this really will help to move this whole thing along. And they'll be invested in making it happen. They might even remind you. You know, there have been several nights where my daughter has said to me, my youngest daughter has said, don't, don't forget we need to do our, our gratitude journal tonight. So they even begin to carry some of the weight of the day. And no longer is it all entirely your responsibility to hold the family together. So these can be really beneficial rituals. And if you haven't started them in a way that is promised to you and your family every single day yet, they're still sort of happening at times or, or maybe not even happening at all, but they're not routine this is the time to begin to commit to those things so that you, Mama, can come out of this and come out of every day feeling better about who you are as a mom and what you've given your kids every day. And that will lift a lot of the emotional burden from you as well. As always, please know I'm praying for each and every one of you. I know for many of us, this has been really, really hard. For others of us, it's been in some ways a blessing and really clarifying about what we want to hold on to and what we want to let go of when this is all over. But wherever you are on that continuum, I am praying for you, praying that you have the grace to get through each and every moment, praying for your health and your well-being. And please know, as I've begin, begun to tell you during this whole epidemic, um, if we can be of any help at catholiccounselors.com, if you are needing to sort out what you're going through or what your kids are going through or behavioral issues that are going on or need someone outside of your friends and family to be able to be that sounding board and help you to cope through this time, we are here for you at Catholic Counselors. Dot com. All of our services have been done for over 20 years over the telephone. So we talk to people who are all over the world in lots of different time zones, in any time zone. And it can be done from the privacy of your home and on your telephone, which means if you need to go hide in your car or your closet or your bathroom to be able to talk to somebody while you're trying to cope as a mom through all of this. We can be right at the end of your telephone to help you through it. So we're there for you. But know that I am praying for you, and I will be trying to come back much more often so we can help each other get through all of this. God bless you all, mamas. I know you can do this. Thanks for joining me today for this Monfidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to Monfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.